Greetings from Singapore and congratulations on your 63rd anniversary. 63 years. Hey, that's exactly the same age as my sister. Hey, you are my sister. We are sister churches because you are from Track Malaysia and I am from Track Singapore. So on behalf of your sister Track Conference, happy 63rd birthday. As you and we and the whole world continues to face the challenges of COVID-19, let me offer up an anniversary prayer for you. It is the prayer of the Apostle Paul in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 16. He made this prayer in the midst of difficult times, a prayer to remain of good courage and good hope, to be strengthened, to keep on speaking good words and doing good works in the midst of their difficult situation. This is the prayer. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and by his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, may he encourage your hearts and strengthen you in every good deed and word. Amen. Your pastors have told me that the theme for your anniversary celebration this year is ordinary people. I have therefore chosen over these three sessions with you to share some reflections from the story of two ordinary people in the Bible, two ordinary women struggling to survive in the aftermath of personal loss and grief. It is the story of Naomi and Ruth. May the way in which God works through these ordinary women Encourage us to let God do His extraordinary work through ordinary people like you and me. I shall speak tonight from Ruth chapter 1, and if the Lord tarries tomorrow on Ruth 2 and Ruth 3 on Sunday, ordinary disaster, ordinary diligence, ordinary desperation. But tonight, let's read Ruth chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. So a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. The man's name was Eli Melech. His wife's name was Naomi and the names of his two sons were Malon and Kilion. They were Ephratites from Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to Moab and lived there. Now Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left with her two sons. They married Moabite women, one named Orpah and the other Ruth. After they had lived there about ten years, both Malone and Kilion also died, and Naomi was left without her two sons and her husband. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
The speaker at the political rally was dynamic. Now is the time to stand up and act. Now is the time to stamp out racism and sexism. We must stamp out communism, stamp out imperialism. Then a voice from an elderly gentleman at the back shouted out, Yes, but can we please also stamp out rheumatism? We smile. But in truth, that old man represents the majority of us. Big global issues like racism and communism or the spread of AIDS, all these are very important. But they do not shake us, they do not trouble us as much as our personal, almost ordinary problems. To put it bluntly, we are much more troubled when our own son is bullied by schoolmates because of his skin color, or if our own parents are exposed to COVID-19. This shakes us more than when we read almost daily of thousands of children starving in Africa or having no clean water in Rohingyan refugee camps. Global issues are important. But somehow it is our personal problems and personal tragedies that we feel most acutely. Now, I do not mean to say that this is correct. I simply observe that this is how it is for most ordinary people. Now, God's Holy Word, the Bible, addresses both big global issues as well as personal issues, because in fact, both are closely related. But some parts of the Bible stress the big global issues much more than the personal ones, and vice versa. The book of Ruth is a striking example of a biblical book that seems to focus much more on personal problems, ordinary problems ordinary problems faced by ordinary people. Today, let us focus on Ruth chapter 1. Let me read again the first verse. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land, and a man from Bethlehem in Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in the country of Moab. So the book begins simply by telling us about a man, his wife, and two sons. In 1980, a movie that also told a story of a man, his wife, and two sons, won the Academy Award for Best Picture. The movie starred Timothy Hutton, Donald Sutherland, and Mary Tyler Moore. Just as in this story of the Book of Ruth, tragedy falls upon this family of ordinary people. The two boys were out sailing when a storm hits them. The younger son drowns. The mother, previously very well ordered in her work, office work, her lifestyle, her whole life begins now to disintegrate. She tries to pretend that she has 
come to terms with the loss of her son. But in reality, she has lost all capacity to feel and express any love to her surviving son and her husband. The older son, the one who survived, interprets his mother's rather cold exterior and, and, and thinks she is blaming him for the, for the death of her more favoured younger son. And so this older boy feels guilty for the tragedy and he attempts to take his own life. Why did he survive while his brighter and better baby brother was dead? The husband in the story, the father, also struggles to cope. He sees what is happening to his wife and his son, but is unable to do anything to help them. And he is frustrated at being unable to reach out to the two living people closest to him. I wonder whether any of you recall the title of this 1980 film. It was based on a book with the same title. It was called Ordinary People. Ordinary People? But is this an appropriate title? Do ordinary people experience such tragedy and disaster in life? Why don't you think of some of the schoolmates that you grew up with? Do you know whether any of them have suffered tragedy and disaster in their lives? One of my classmates died in a, hop in a helicopter accident whilst he was serving national service. He was only 19 years old. Another of my schoolmates died at 23. He was studying in the United States and they were, there was a car accident on one of the highways. My brother, Norman, had a classmate who died from a brain tumor whilst they were still in school. He was only 17 years old. My guess is that most of you probably know people, ordinary people, who have suffered similar tragedies. I think the title of the story is very apt. These are ordinary people. People who grew up with you and me. People just like you and me. Ordinary people have to cope with tragedy and disasters in ordinary life. Disasters just like the ordinary people in the movie and the ordinary people we find in the book of Ruth. Look again at verse 1. Today we would call it a natural disaster, a famine across much of the whole land. So a family of four decide to migrate to Moab just like some in our time have migrated to maybe Australia or New Zealand or the United States, we go looking for greener pastures. But as someone has said, even if the grass looks greener on the other side, it still needs to be mowed. Weeds still spring up wherever we are. No place on earth guarantees a life that is free from tragedy and trouble. Now read verse 3 
the father of the family passes away in that foreign land. So now Naomi is a widow and has the challenge of bringing up two sons all on her own, and she is in a foreign country, far from home, far from relatives, all alone. You can imagine her daily struggles, the times of loneliness and great discouragement. Somehow, as a single mother, she manages, and her two sons eventually get married. Verse 4 tells us that they live there in Moab for 10 years. But then, verse 5. Tragedy strikes again. Both her sons die. Now, we are not told how they die, but there is no reason to think that their deaths were out of the ordinary. Early death occurs often in the lives of ordinary families. Ordinary families, ordinary people. Ordinary people then, ordinary people today. The two sons died. We are told that they hadn't fathered any children. So widow Naomi has now lost not just her husband, but also her two sons. And she has no grandchildren to bring her any consolation. Her two daughters-in-law, they were of a different race. Naomi decided that it was time to return home. There was nothing left for her in this foreign country, Moab, where she had stayed for the last 10 years. This is how the book of Ruth introduces itself to us. In five short verses, we are given a very poignant picture of a woman who has lost almost everybody that she loves. The summary statement at the end of verse 5 highlights this sad portrait. Now, unfortunately, if you're using the New International Version translation, it lessens the impact of the way the Hebrew storyteller puts it. Whereas NIV reads, Naomi was left without her two sons, the biblical writer has used the, word, the phrase, the woman was left. Of course, New International Version is correct in identifying the woman in the story as Naomi. But the biblical writer here writes simply, the woman. And I think this helps us feel the, the sorrow of Naomi's plight. She has lost everything, including her own sense of personal identity. No more husband, no more children, no more name, no longer a wife, no longer a mother. She is just a woman who is now alone. The rest of the book called Ruth describes how this woman Naomi goes home and struggles to try to make ends meet. How she struggles with the question of why God has made her life so bitter and painful. This is what the book of Ruth is concerned about. The struggles of an ordinary woman 
confronted by personal disaster. Perhaps some of us might wonder, what does the story of an ordinary woman have to do with the great vision of being the church of Jesus Christ in this world? What does this story of an ordinary woman have to do with winning the world for Christ and the evangelization of the whole world? Why is a story of ordinary people struggling with personal tragedy found in the Holy Bible? Why? Because it teaches us a very important lesson about God. It teaches us that the God of the Holy Bible cares about all ordinary people who struggle with the tragedy and disasters of ordinary life. God cares. Now we hear our pastors preach this regularly, but although we hear, it isn't always easy to believe what we hear. Naomi found it very hard to believe. In the midst of her pain and suffering, Look at verses 20 to 21. As she dwelt on her troubles and disasters, on her loneliness and despair, she couldn't believe or couldn't feel the love of God in her life anymore. It was hard to believe that God really cared. God, she said, the Almighty God has made my life bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. You can feel the disillusionment in her voice when she says in verse 20, Call me Mara. Have you heard the story of a platoon of tomato soldiers that were being pushed by their stern drill sergeant? One poor tomato falls further and further behind the platoon. The drill sergeant goes to this struggling tomato, stomps on him and shouts, Catch up! Groan, groan, lame joke. Sorry. But this lame joke employs what we call a pun on the English words catch up and catch up. Now the Bible writer has also used a pun. Naomi uses a pun on Hebrew words which we do not notice because we do not read Hebrew. The words cut deeper if you understand Hebrew. The word in Hebrew Mara means bitter. Call me Mara, bitter, because God has made my life very bitter, very Mara. A Bible scholar tries to reproduce this Hebrew pun in English. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has marred me. Naomi continues by saying, Why call me Naomi? Stop calling me Naomi. 
Naomi in Hebrew means sweet or pleasant. Maybe Naomi recalls the wonderful Sabbath or Sunday school story her parents had taught her. The story of how in the time of Moses, the people were thirsty and they were grumbling because the water was mara, bitter. Back then, God did a miracle and turned the bitter waters sweet. But here, Naomi feels that the very opposite has happened in her life. Her life was once sweet and full, but now her sweet life has become mara, bitter. It's as if Naomi is crying out and saying, those Sabbath Sunday school stories just don't work in my life. For Moses, God turned the bitter Mara waters into sweet waters, Naomi waters. But for me, God has done the opposite. Instead of Naomi sweetness, my life has become Mara bitter. Do you happen to know anybody today who feels a bit like Naomi in chapter 1? Someone who knows the Sunday school stories of how God provides food and water, of how Jesus heals the sick and stills the storms of our life. Someone who hears many other people testify how God has changed their life from despair to joy, from bitter to sweet, from Mara to Naomi, but for your friend, or maybe even for yourself, the very opposite seems to be taking place. Your once happy, pleasant life has turned into bitter despair. You have lost your job, perhaps, or your results aren't good enough to get into the university you hoped to get into. Your wife has been diagnosed with an illness. Your prayers for healing fail. Why doesn't God help me? Why doesn't he answer my prayers? Why has my life turned from sweet to bitter, from good to bad, from bad to worse? Do not call me Naomi. Call me Mara. The book of Ruth is for ordinary people who experience such anguish. People like Naomi, people like us. Ordinary people faced with the tragedies and trauma of life in today's world. How does the book of Ruth help us cope with life's disasters and tragedies? It does so by trying to reassure us that God indeed cares for us, that God sees our struggle, and he wants to see us through them. Unfortunately, when we are faced with tragedy and trauma, these great Bible assurances do not always help very much. Just recently, I was speaking to one of my friends. He has been a pastor for many, many years, but he has suffered a prolonged illness these last few months, spending a lot of time in hospital. And he said to me that, 
that even though good friends had texted Bible promises to him, when he read those texts, those wonderful promises from Scripture, they didn't seem to do anything to lift his spirit or encourage him. The promises just sounded so empty. What helped so much more were friends who did ordinary things for him. Ordinary things like making the effort to visit him in hospital or to bring him his favorite food so that he wouldn't have to eat the hospital food every day. The ordinary daily visits from his wife, whose presence just sitting in the room with him through the day, assured him that he was not alone, assured him that he was still loved. This is also the answer that is given to us in the book of Ruth. How did God show his care and his concern for Naomi, whose life had turned from Naomi to Mara, from sweet to bitter? I hope you will hear the answer clearly as we work through our series on the book of Ruth. But already tonight, here in chapter 1, we see the first hint of the answer. How does God help? God helps Naomi through the kindness and friendship of a fellow human being. Look at verse 10. Both Naomi's daughters-in-law offer to accompany her back to her homeland. They said, we will go back with you to your people. But Naomi declines their polite offer of company and support. But Ruth goes the second mile and displays outstanding kindness in her relationship with Naomi. Her words of commitment are powerful. Verses 16 and 17. Don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. Your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, be it ever so severely, if anything but death separates you and me. This outstanding kindness and commitment of Ruth will be the major factor in the way God gives Naomi protection and hope in her lonely distress. And that is also the way God wants to bring strength and hope to ordinary people today. Sally's husband deserted her when she was five months pregnant with their first child. They have since been divorced. It takes little to imagine the terrible uncertainty, the sense of hopelessness that Sally felt. She, was, she felt all alone, not only when she was carrying the child, but also in having to raise this child without a father. Fortunately, Sally had a friend who took time to help her in the months just before the birth of the child and, and in the months after the birth of her child. 
Sally is now a member of this friend's church, and she finds fellowship and encouragement in one of the small groups. Life, of course, is still very difficult for Sally. She is a single mother working to support herself and her child. She is an ordinary woman, struggling through life's typical tragedies. If Sally manages to survive and emerge with hope and strength, it will be, be because of people who embrace her with personal acts of kindness and commitment and friendship. Ordinary people showing kindness and love will be the rays of hope which keep Sally from going under. To be such rays of hope in the lives of ordinary people is our mission as God's church. Have you ever wondered why there are many people who, who think very highly of Jesus? If you ask them about Jesus, they will say Jesus is a very good person. But somehow they don't have such a high opinion of the church. Now, I'm sure it is partly because many people have a very lopsided or one-sided romanticized picture of Jesus, and which is why they say they like him. But perhaps another reason is that they have recognized in Jesus a person who showed compassion and love to ordinary people in their loneliness and pain. Whereas when they look at the church today, they do not see a loving person, but they see a large impersonal organization. The book of Ruth challenges the church to be not just an organization, but to promote personal, caring friendships with ordinary people. All the elaborate plans of a church, well-organized committees, efficiently run worship services, evangelistic programs, all that will mean nothing if they do not ultimately make us a church a community that offers personal help, personal kindness and friendship to ordinary people who are just trying to survive life's ordinary ordeals. Where are these ordinary people? We are everywhere, drowning in the whirlpool of life's frustrations and problems unable to emerge from the disasters and disappointments of the past. We are struggling to retain faith in the goodness of God and the value of life. Lord, help us not to give up. Help us to know that you have not finished writing our story, that the present crisis we are sinking in is only chapter one. Help us to cling on by faith, to cling on to the promise which you proclaim to us through Ruth, the promise that by your grace, our future will be a glorious one. And as we pray this for ourselves, may we also be more like Ruth in helping to offer kindness and friendship to many around us 
who also suffer from life's ordinary disasters. We pray this in the name of the one who on earth also suffered, but rose again, Jesus the Lord. Amen. Amen and good night. And God willing, see you tomorrow.